understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys, and welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. I am your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and welcome to another episode. If you're new to The Stranded Family, welcome, welcome. And if you are part of The Stranded Family and one of my loyal listeners, I'm telling you right now, I'm sending so much hugs and love your way because God, y'all, this may be the first week for so many of us, you're just lifting your head up for air. The first time you feel like maybe just actually the air that you breathe in through your nose can be felt in your lungs because for most of us, I feel like we're struggling to feel like we can breathe. This is not in this moment what I'm saying about color. It's about the people that feel this empathy, the people that have been suffering from it, the black people that have been suffering from systemic racism and everything that's going on in America, just acknowledging racism, but every other person, every empath that is feeling this on a whole nother level. And so every single person that is dealing with this in their own way, most of you are just, maybe you have rested and recharged, maybe who you have spent the last week protesting, but whatever it is, no matter what, it's exhausting. It has been exhausting. And if I'm saying that, I can only imagine how black men and women have felt their entire lives trying to advocate for themselves and never being heard. But I think millennials right now as a whole that are standing for this are exhausted. And don't be surprised if you find yourself one day, you found yourself one day last week, or or you find yourself one day in the future, feeling like you're in a self induced depression, or like a coma like state, and you don't want to get out of bed, and you don't want to talk to anyone and you feel so lonely. I want you to tell yourself in that moment, that it is okay. Because you guys, I want you to understand something. Your psyche, your mental game is all on you. And and by no choice, majority of us have consumed more violent videos, watched more police brutality that we were well unaware of for the most part, and, and saw more negativity and hate spewed. Obviously, for the requirement and justification for change, absolutely. But we've received more in the last two weeks than we have probably in the last 10 years of our life. So I need you to understand that that is not normal. And for you to be feeling maybe depressed, sad, exhausted, lonely, alone, not wanting to talk to other people, wanting to seclude yourself, feeling as if the world is taking a turn for the worst and never coming back. I get it. I feel you. And on top of that, for so many white and and non-black people, I'm sure you also don't know how to feel during this time. You may be confused and not know how to feel. This doesn't mean that you take a stance on the wrong side of the 
of this effort. It just means you may be confused on how you feel. But if, if I can say anything, and if you are a loyal listener to this podcast, you know how much Black Lives Matter to me. And I know for most of you how much they matter to you. And I've already said this in a previous episode about becoming an ally, but I refuse to believe that all lives matter will ever be a true thing because it's beyond America acknowledging that racism is real because we, so many just woke up, but it's beyond that. It's about every person, white and non-black, leveraging their power to actually do something about putting a stop to this 400 plus years of oppression, this insane systemic racism. We, we segregated schools less than like 50 fucking years ago. Excuse my language. Not much has like, yes, that has changed. But the design that was built into every system that we have been led to believe in and every history book and everything that we do day in and day out has been built to suppress black lives. And so this is a calling for every single one of us to do something, to do something. And I'm going to, if you go back to my episode on becoming an ally, there's some very strategic things that you can do. And then this week, I'm doing episodes only about this. There will be an episode that follows this called um, asking yourself whether you are the right kind of white because I know there's a lot of people asking themselves that, and I I can help you with that. There's going to be an episode about mentoring, which I believe is one of many solutions and options for people that feel like maybe protesting or um, donating or changing laws may not be for them. But you have to understand that we are amidst an awakening. I feel like Maybe change doesn't look like like massive end to systemic racism and change doesn't look like it's 60 days away. For so many, this, this feels hopeless. But in order for us to enact change, we have to start doing something now. And every single person needs to define their role. They have a role to play. But in order for you to find your role and where so many people are confused, and this is where I want to help you and come from the most vulnerable place possible to explain this, is that you have to first look within. And when I say that, it's because you can feel passionately about changing this, but you cannot change something without first changing yourself, right? This is the This is as significant, not as significant, but just like being in a relationship and wanting your significant other to change, make a 180 degree change from what they have been doing and and how this relation, what, what this relationship foundation has been built on. Yet you don't first look in the mirror, reflect and decide how you will first change. So I wanted to be honest about what this journey the last two weeks has looked like for me and I might be condemned for it, but the only thing I know how to do through this stranded phase and what I've been doing for the last two years is being vulnerable on the deepest level and as honest as possible with the intent that you can learn from my mistakes. That's all I have to give you is my truth. And so I want to be honest on this episode that when this happened, I 
myself personally, I felt significantly angry. Like I was very angry. I think most of America was, or at least the people that I know were very angry. This for some reason felt different. I think one, it felt different because America was sitting at home. So this was visible for everyone to see. But I think too, there was no blatant, there is no There's no explanation for this. There is no part of it that is right. There's no possible evidence otherwise. There's nothing. There was nothing other than what looked like we all witnessed pure hate and abuse of power in that video of George Floyd, right? And so I experienced anger. And there's a range of emotions for all of us going through this, right? And then I went straight into action. I said, okay, I want to do something. I want to use my voice. I even had people messaging me saying like, hey, I don't know what to do. What are you doing? Are you going to do something? Because if you are, I want to be a part of it. And while I felt so called to do something, I also felt so little and hopeless because I was like, what am I going to do as a white woman that knows nothing about law and politics? And what am I going to do? And so I just started to research. Now here's where I failed. Over the next couple of days, as I started to feel a range of emotions, which I think many of us did, non-black, white, indifferent, was we experienced sadness. We all felt and realized something was done that was wrong that should not have been done. And we felt the pain of our black brothers and sisters. There was a pouring an outcry from people that we know and love. I'm literally about to cry just saying this. You can't tell me if you were on social media at least once during that week that you didn't feel the literal and true anger and pain coming through some people that you call your friends and family who were black. It was like this huge pouring and outcry of pained people that we had to witness and realize that if you are not black, you are a contributor to the problem. That was a harsh reality. That was the first place where I failed. As a leader and someone who stretches to provide guidance, that was where I failed, is I spent some of that time trying to convince myself that I was the right kind of white, that I was not a contributor to this nonsense. That I was going to fight with my black brothers and sisters, that I was going to help enact change, that I was going to be a voice, but I was not a part of the problem. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. The second place where I failed was over the next couple of days, When I saw this outpouring of of leadership, women stepping up, black women, white women, people of, um, you know, people of color who were not black, you know, creating panels and webinars and messages in the coaching industry um, to tell you about anti-racism and white privilege and all of these things. I never denied that I had white privilege. That That was some news for me. I had not, it had not been explained to me in that way, but I now realize that no matter the color of your skin alone is what makes you privileged, period. So I am privileged, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. But these messages began to pour out 
And my ego, I allowed my ego to get in front of this movement temporarily. I got upset with the concept of being grouped into the position of the oppressor. So every time someone said, white women, stop doing this, white women, stop doing that, um, I found myself getting upset because I didn't want to be grouped in with the oppressor. I didn't want to be considered part of the problem. And I wanted people to realize that I was part of the solution, that I had never needed to see these videos or see America create a movement for change. I didn't need a movement to believe Black Lives Matter. I didn't need a movement to amplify their voices. I didn't need a movement to to act, to act advocate in their communities. I had already been doing so. And there was some place in my mind that I wanted people to see that. I wanted to be validated I heard it best said recently when a black woman said, white people, if you've been doing this, don't expect to be thanked for it. And when in reality, that sounds so shameful to say, and that never really crossed my mind, but that's, that's really the truth. That's the ego. That's the out of control stance of my privilege is I didn't want to be grouped into this group because I had already been doing the work. I wanted to be seen as different. I wanted to be known that I'm not like them. I'm not them. So this feeling, this trigger, this feeling of my whiteness being pointed out for the first time that now I'd had all these great relationships with women of color and black women from online to back to my childhood, now I felt like I had to be censored and careful and tiptoe. And when I had been doing this all along, I felt like my whiteness was being pointed out and I felt called out of a part of and and grouped in with a group that I didn't want to be a part of. This trigger kept me quiet. It kept me quiet. And looking back on that, which was a week ago, I've never been. It took so much self-work to understand this. This is something different. It does not matter that I helped thousands of young black adults through programs and community advocation. I don't even know if that's a word. As an advocate in multiple at-risk communities my entire life, that's all my career has ever been, being saved by Black people, being truly in love with Black people, and not just their men, because trust me, if you are married or dating a Black man as a non or a, a non-Black person or white person, um, you don't... <laughs> You're not the right kind of white. This just also makes you part of the problem. Sorry to tell you. This does not put you on the right side of things. It does not mean your stance is equal. You still have to be anti-racist. Dating a black man does not make you better off. But this trigger silenced me. 
And I've never been so disappointed in myself ever. I was having ongoing conversations with my my future husband. I was having ongoing conversations with my friends. And every time I got online, I was so triggered because I just kept saying in my soul, that's not me. That's not fair. I've never been like that. I'm not like those white people. But in reality, it's the whitest thing I could have done. The most egotistical, privileged thing I could have done was make this about me. By God. So I knew there was a problem. I knew it because it prevented me from speaking up and leading about something that I truly care about. Now, let me be clear. I never said to myself that black lives don't. I am 100%, 1000% all day standing for the fact that all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And they don't matter to most Americans and to our systems and to politicians and to police. So this has to change. But I let my ego and my whiteness get in the way of advocating for change during this time because I was so worried about my, the whitest side of me. So I'm not here as a podcast host or any, to use any level of the influence I have to show you that I have always known what to do or to validate that I have been part of the black community and helping and advocating for the black community. That is all centered around me. But what I want to prove to you is that I too have to do the work. And I too had to do the work just to get to this place to realize once again, it's not about us. They just need us. But they need this to not be about us for once because it's always fucking been about us. This is not about black versus white. This is about the fact that because I'm white, I don't get scared around police officers. And anyone who is black does and they have the incredible right to be. Because history proves that they were not created to protect them. So as I worked through this, because I knew it had to be done, I journaled a lot. And I wrote a letter to myself one day. And I want to read it to you. And it, again, I might be condemned for this. This is the most vulnerable I'm going to ever be. But um, I want you guys to hear this. So... Um, I change, I switch up the, the person, the voice in which I speak in. Um, it goes a little left field, but just, just bear with me. So this letter to myself is called a letter to my whitest self. This is the second time I'm opening this book for journaling and mental health. And so much has happened. Thank God we've survived a worldwide pandemic on one side. They'll talk about how the coronavirus wiped out over 100,000 lives in a matter of months at the start of 2020. Whether that's actually true, we may never know. Only Only to transition that out and immediately after following, one form of chaos leaving and another entering. Something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. 
Something so deeply rooted in Americans' history that I thought the world would continue and persist and eventually it would never be acknowledged. Something people stand next to blindly on the daily and some never notice. The concept of real racism. An entire other America, Black America, finally said in 2020 that enough is enough. The outpouring of pain from Black people made me realize my world is full of privilege, whether I chose to avoid admitting it or not. Each day, I don't know if these are signs that the world is truly ending like the Bible tells us, or we're just in the cusp of everlasting change. One that requires acknowledgement from every accessory and bloodshed from the oppressed to stand for what's right. If I were to be honest, I grew up idolizing black people. Their fearlessness, their courage, their open hand, their way of always being beautifully seen while gracefully silent. Black people showed me sides of forgiveness and loyalty like I've never seen. They showed me true affection and love that I never knew. They saved my life. And they did it humbly, too. I've always said that true character is what someone is willing to give when they have nothing. And that's what I got from them. From teaching me real resilience, persistence, and love. To real confidence, standing in my own, believing in myself, and learning how to give. Black people did that. From the shirt off their back, last dollar in their pocket, and drive across town for you with my gas tank on E type of love. I fell in love with their spirits and their souls at a very young age. I have to ask, have you ever seen this kind of regal? It's remarkable. So to always know them and love them and look up to them, seeing them hurt during this racial tension and divide hurts me to my core. My family is hurting and this feels so fucking personal. But on the flip side, the only child in me, the white side of me, My privilege keeps rearing its ugly head. If I want to continue the life I chose, things have to change. I keep uncovering how this truly triggers me. Because for the first time ever, I feel very white. Like part of the problem, the oppressor, and not the solution. I've always advocated for black people. They actually feel like home for me. But I'm realizing in the same way I feel upset for guilt and crimes I didn't commit is part of the contribution to not acknowledging that I'm an accessory to white privilege. I feel as if I'm being grouped with the oppressor, the wrongdoer, and the core of me screams, it's not fair. It is indeed only the half, if not the quarter, of what black people being a part of a 
hated, and hunted race their entire lives feels like. This is the privilege they talked about. This is the uncomfortable work they talk about. A life full of work advocating for our Black communities, Black families, Black friends still isn't enough. And it's because being Black in America also still isn't enough. I've realized in this time that I am included in those that have to apologize and kneel and listen deeply to understand that no matter our stance or the work done before the riots, the work done during the riots, or the work done after the riots, that we know we have to accept that people that look like us are killing people that look like them. Not only do they need love and acknowledgement and advocates, they need our protection and leverage. Black families need apologies for our contribution to this bullshit. Whether we feel as if we personally had a hand in it or not, the lack of an apology or silence is further contributing to the problem. Even I have an insane amount of work to do. Work to do while I lay next to my black husband, my half black children for their sake, because I need to make sure that they acknowledge color and our contributions to everlasting change. That's the end of the letter, which ends abruptly. I could have said a thousand more things. I didn't write that letter to anyone but myself. I was trying to get out and understand my feelings that why when I love black lives so much does this online tension trigger me? And that is what came out. And over the last couple of days, I've finally been able to conceptualize (laughs) how we make this about us, how white people and and non-black people make this about them. This is about no one. This is actually really fucking simple. We need to kneel down and listen and apologize on the behalf of white and non-black people of how we've been a part of systems that contribute to their oppression and tell them that Every moment up until now, we have been a part of this and we apologize, but we love you and we want to change. I'm going to change everything in my being to be aware and clear and understand their history and asking them, what can I do? And then asking yourself, what can you do? Because there are so, each one of us has such a powerful part to play and change. And whether you're willing to acknowledge it or not, silence is betrayal. And right now we are in the middle of an awakening and you cannot, you cannot ignore it. There's nothing to ignore. This is the world's problem right now. So the question you must ask yourself is what is my power? Is it, is it speaking up? Is it organizing? Is it contributing? Is it donating? Is it showing up? Whatever it is. What does this look like? What is my power? 
and how can I use it? But first, dig deep within. Look in the mirror. Look at that reflection and be willing to acknowledge your privilege. Your privilege simply means you just don't deal with this shit. And it's a yes or no question. Do you deal with what black people deal with? No. Do you get scared when you encounter the police that you are going to die that same day? No. So that's it. That's how simple acknowledging your privilege is. There's a thousand opinions right now. Many people use this as an opportunity to spew hate. That is unavoidable. At the, at the cornerstone of change, you'll find a lot of hate. There's a lot of opinions and negativity swirling around. Find your truth, like my friend says, find Tisha Michelle says, find your truth and hold on to it for dear life. But you first must understand and acknowledge your privilege, your contribution, and learn how to change it. Again, I hope this episode was helpful. I just wanted to use myself as an example for some of you that may be struggling in understanding and again, just getting out what I've struggled with. If it can help one person, that's truly all that matters. If you haven't let yet, go listen. I did an episode last week called Becoming an Ally with applicable tactical steps. Um, And there will be more episodes this week on some other things you can do. Happy Tuesday. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.